What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's up, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we have a very special guest, another LAG alum, 09 So Fine Proud, Nick. Nick, introduce yourself. Who the fuck are you? What's up, what's up, what's up? I'm Nick. You know, I DJ and I produce. And I, I'm LaGuardia family. Yes. <laughs> Nick actually, Nick and I actually go way, way back, obviously, because we all went to LaGuardia. But Nick used to be the one who used to make all the mixes for my dance team, Schizo Dance Team. Um, he also DJed my 18th birthday party that was oh, circus themed. The Britney Spears, the Britney circus, Spears circus birthday, birthday, birthday party. Which you were at. I was. Oh my God, and in the basement of a church in the Bronx. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And then now, cut to now, where Nick is also producing a track or two, actually, for Cesar's mixtape. It is uh, big things in the works. Big yes. things for sure. So share a little bit. So you said you were a DJ, Nick, but share a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Uh, well, um, I'm from you know New York. I love it, New Yorker, and uh, I'm all about being an artist and a creative. I love. I love to contribute and create and add to whatever I can. Um, and I like just creating like good vibes and positive vibes and, and trying to help, you know, uh, put a smile on people's faces. Absolutely. And I think Nick actually was our DJ for our Oye Mi Canto Puerto Rico benefit, mm -hmm. which, by the way, went really, really well. It was popping. If you was there, you, if you wasn't there, you was my whack. Yeah, you missed it. Like, people are still talking about it. Uh, we held it at We Work Harlem, and uh, members of that building are still talking about it. And people are still are asking if we'll do another one. Yeah. Which which interesting, yeah. you know. Um, Not something that we thought about when we were planning it. I mean, we but Nick Nick was DJing that, um, and he, first of all, he had people dancing. One of the things I really appreciated, so there was a moment where I was like, yeah, yeah, like, let's put on that reggaeton or whatever, and Nick was like, you know, like, I'll do it for you, but I play positive music, you know, because it's about accountability. And it was a moment for me where I literally, like, Nick, my heart was filled with, like, such positive vibes, and I was like, fuck yeah. Because, like, we, you know, we walk yeah. day to day, and, like, we talk about the positive things we're trying to do and the changes we're trying to see in the world and we don't think about the little things that we do day to day that actually we should hold ourselves accountable for when we're trying to spread positivity. So I thought that that was such a beautiful thing and I even I, I came back and I told Juan, I was like did you know that? And Juan was like, no I didn't know that. I was like, but isn't that fucking awesome? Like what a good person. Like what a really good solid person who's really willing to go um, even into their own personal craft and say I'm going to make sure that I have positivity no matter where I'm moving no matter what setting I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say I really appreciated that and I appreciate that about you. Um, and another fun fact about Nick is that he's actually one of our new producers and editors of the podcast. So yeah. he's Bronche family officially. Ooh. So Official shout out tissue. to him. So uh, as we do with everybody, Nick, we got to ask you your little question. So important question. What is your favorite brunch plate? Uh, I would say my favorite brunch plate um, I, I really enjoy a good omelet. Like, I don't know if that's considered brunch, but like omelet is that's definitely. That's real. But if we, if we guys, you know, kick it up, I, I'm trying to go vegetarian, but like prior to being vegetarian, steak and eggs was the way to go. Like yeah. steak and eggs was a really good brunch yeah. plate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so let's go a little bit further. And what is your favorite brunch booze of choice? Uh, I mean... My my go to is margarita, but 
So to stick to a classic brunch choice, I would, I would say mimosa. You know, mimosa is like... Mimosa oh, is the basic. Them. Yeah, yeah it it's is super basic, but like... <laughs> Absolutely. You can, always, you can always have you can a have. good... There's always time for a good meme. Yeah, yeah and like... It's one of the few drinks that like people offer bottomless. Like you, you go yeah. somewhere yeah. and be like bottomless mimosas. I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. That's actually. Well, you really have to true. go to Limon Jungle for bottomless margaritas. Yeah, there is such amazing. a thing as brunch endless margaritas. So you gotta, yeah, you gotta hit that spot. Limon Jungle. You know I'm always there. So they know. Why. <laughs> I think they have like a special seat for you even at this point. <laughs> he walks in and they know who they're getting. Uh, that's really awesome. So on the same topic of eating, what was going out to eat? like for you as a child? Uh, I loved it. Like, I would say, I mean, it's, eating is still one of my favorite things to do. Food was my first love. Um, my, my family was like very like uh, food focused. Like my dad could cook, my mom, my sister bake, my mom can cook, everyone can cook. Um, I just love going out. Like my parents loved going to like good restaurants. They're like, yo, we're gonna go out, we're gonna get some good food. And it was always, um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely, uh, I was probably spoiled. I was definitely spoiled as a child. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I said, which is why I said it's gonna be so different from our other guests because other guests that we've had, you know, going out was a privilege, um, and like like certain restaurants were like a privilege and stuff like that. Mm. So a lot of people didn't go out a lot. At least the, the, the last couple of people that we've had have, didn't go out a lot. Yeah, like some of those staples, like ordering appetizers was maybe, if it was a birthday, but if it was a birthday, it was either the appetizer or the dessert, but you couldn't do both appetizer and dessert and entree. Ta loca. Like, that's too much. Um, so I we always love to hear uh, different people's perspective. But outside of that, what is your favorite bochinche topic to, to speak about when you're eating a meal? Uh, to be honest, like, eating time is pretty quiet with me because I'm usually too busy eating. <laughs> like, I don't, like, we were like, we could talk and all, but like, you could talk and I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this, this food. Uh, but, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk about anything. I'm pretty, I'm pretty open to talking about, um, like, I get, I guess nothing that's too, uh, Gets, gets too worked up, too like it, anything that takes away from the food too much is not right. <laughs> anything that's gonna get people arguing and not eating yeah. is 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 something that's gonna get in the way. I totally agree with that. Um, all right, so now we're getting into our shout outs of the week. Here's to the ladies, too, where we drink to something that has happened this week. I want to go ahead and start by saying shout out to the people who voted. This Shout out week. to everyone who voted. Um, to you know, absolutely. So cheers to that. Cheers. And as a result of the voting, one of the things that happened. Yes. Um, so we were seeing, as I like to put it, as Adiza put it, um, we kept on seeing powerful men get canceled. And so like things like the man who um, suggested that we shouldn't have transgender bathrooms got beat by a trans woman and all that stuff. So yes. we saw like a lot of like cool... Just like justice happened, really. Um, but now, like you said, it's about about keeping up with the fight that's going to come after that, I guess. 
Absolutely. But shout out to everyone who did vote. Um, a lot of local elections were going on. And I know some people didn't get out to vote for other, for, you know, for whatever reason. And I just want to say, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not part of the process. Doesn't mean that you can't participate in some way, shape or form. Local elections are really important. Like, I feel like most of New York knew de Blasio was going to win. Right. Ooh. But even with that in mind, what, what was happening on a local level? I talk often about the Bronx and uh, the Diaz family. Right. And how um, Diaz senior is anti-LGBTQ, but that motherfucker has held his seat ever since I was... I, I, I've never seen someone else have his seat in my entire lifetime. I um, mean, he's in my district and, you know, the importance of trying to get people like that out. Um, and so local elections are really important. If you didn't hop on that wave this time, there's always another election coming up and it's always there's always a chance to get involved. And if you're really, really against getting in a booth, then figure out how you're going to have your vo voice heard outside of a booth. Um, but definitely important. Another shout out to give out to our veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, it was Veterans Day yesterday officially. I know I have a veteran in my family. Shout out to Alex down in Miami. Yes, shout, shout out, out to Minnie, our Nia. Shout out to True. Shout out to Joey. Shout out to Adiza. Um, shout out to Eriko. I have mad like Army, Navy, Air Force like relatives. So shout out to all of them. Word. Um, another thing we want to keep shouting out, we mentioned that we had a really successful Puerto Rico event. Um, I want to shout out to the people who are continuing those efforts. I saw a really moving video this week of a, a town that finally got their power back um, and the cheers. And it was just so overwhelmingly beautiful to see the joy, but at the same time, really tragic to see like that they're in such a desperate place. Um, so I just want to shout out to people who are still going out to Puerto Rico, still you know heavily collecting efforts on the ground, whether there or in New York or, you know, bigger companies that are doing things. I heard a little rumor that WeWork is actually offering office space to people for three months for free in the Miami locations if they can get themselves from Puerto Rico to Miami. So, like, efforts like that, you know, that are quiet and on the ground and aren't getting a lot of press but are actually happening are, like, super commendable. And we really, we've said this for, like, the past couple episodes, but, like, we really can't forget Puerto Rico right now. So, shout out to everybody who's still and in that fight. And everyone who has reached out to us about organizations to donate, if you weren't able to come but you still want to donate, Julissa did a really good job of listing a bunch of different um, organizations that could be donated to or looked into on the event page for the benefit that we had. So if you got the email and you click on the um, RSVP key, it's still there. You can still go look and find the list and make your contribution wherever you feel best. Um, all right. So, of course, I got to go into the pop culture. Shout out to Cardi B Cardi again. again. This is like another. <laughs> I'm Cardi. always cheering for this bitch. Um, she has three singles in the top 10, top 100. And I think that's really impressive for some girl who just came from the Bronx, was a stripper, got her, got her fame on Instagram, went to Love and Hip Hop. And now, you know, not only is she the first female solo rap artist with a number one hit, but she has three singles in the top 10 so I think that's fuck really cool. out of here Bronx all day bitch all day <laughs> and then keeping with the female rapper theme I also want to cheers to Little Kim because Little Kim came out with a song I can't remember the name Ugh. but it's a bop like it is a really good song it has nothing to do with Nicki Minaj like there's Amen. no like there's no jabs or anything it's just like a good song she looks great in the video her face is actually moving in the video no shame <laughs> is that the one with Mary J? 
No, it's it's a new it's a new. Oh my god, let me look it up because it's like a brand new song. Um, she did. She has two songs out. One with Remy. That is a diss oh. track. That is a diss track. Um, and then one of her own solo. Uh, her own solo. I think it's called like "We Took a Break" or something like that. Um, and it's but about- it's a it's a really good song. Like I like it, and I'm just happy to see her coming out with music that doesn't have to do with dissing other women. And she's just it's it's also a song that I feel like people who are in that new wave of hip hop can enjoy because a lot of times people think that like Remy and Lil Kim sound too old school, and their sounds never evolve. And so I think that this song kind of brings her into that new generation of hip hop. Absolutely, little Kim. I saw a video of her like back in the day on uh, Facebook this week, and I was like, "Damn, yo, this." She had so much passion and ambition about like you know, well, you know, if I'm not the best now, I have to keep growing, and I'm just gonna keep doing what I do. So I'm glad to see that she's still relevant. I'm still really sad to see that beauty standards have skewed um, her the way she looks. Doesn't take away from her art, but it is something that is bittersweet to me. Every moment that I'm like, "Yes, little Kim," I'm like, "Oh, but little Kim." Mm -hmm. Um, Took Us a Break is the song. Took Us a Break. I actually really like it. Awesome. So now into our section, where we are calling motherfuckers out for doing the most. I (laughs) have been so tight this week with Apple. (laughs) I, excuse me, a question mark box have been so frustrated this week with Apple and their keyboard. But what I saw on my way over to record is that they have an update in which apparently it is addressing this issue. So I have not done it yet. But when I update my phone, if this shit is not fixed, let me tell you the, like, because at work, sometimes I use my, I have apps on my phone, so I'm using the keyboard. And I was, like, texting, like, one of my superiors, and and it was sending, like, weird symbols. And I was like, I look like I'm drunk on the job. Like, literally, it looks like I'm drunk, and I was really pissed off. Um, And at first, I thought it was just me, but then I realized it was a system issue, and then I was just like, yeah, I cannot yeah, Apple. Like, Apple, I have no tolerance. The amount of money people spend on your shit, y'all can't be having glitches like this. This is not T-Mobile. Exactly. This is not... When you all the sidekicks shut down or some shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I didn't even have a sidekick, but I remember all my friends that had one were really tight. And I was low-key, like, it's like laughing because I didn't have one, and they would always make me feel some type of way about not yep. having a sidekick. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, you and your sidekick, huh? <laughs> right? And so I hope this, uh, you know, update works. And all y'all Android... Android users who are getting a good laugh at us, no worries, because once our shit upgrades, we will thus be at the top again. Fuck. As always. As always. And I used to be team Android for a very... You were. You really were. This iPhone iPhone 7 is like... All right, so I had a 6 and then it like messed up, so I had to upgrade to a 7. But like that iPhone was the first iPhone I had, the 6. When it first came out, I got the 6. First iPhone. So I'm still new to the game, but now I'm converted to the point where I really am not about Android. Like, I'm not a hacker. All that extra shit that they try to tell me is better to do with Android versus Apple. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't apply to me. What you got, Nick? What you got, iPhone? Uh, yeah, I got, iPhone. I got an iPhone. iPhone family. Yeah, iPhone. good. It's part of the family. Yeah. No team, no green. <laughs> <laughs> Another shout out. Well, not shout out, but like, <sighs> what the fuck to this weather? I don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because of this weather, I have been walking around with like a dormant ass cough, like cold. It's like my my body hasn't really completely shut down and given into a cold. But every once in a while, like I have a heavy ass sneeze or like 
a little bit of mucus, and it's because you all got of mocos. Nowhere, you got mocos. I got mocos because <laughs> I don't know where the, the the temperature just wanted to drop. Like it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. This just it just turned on like this. Flip the switch. And it's not Christmas. And the Christmas music is playing. And the decoration. All right, <laughs> fuck that because. I am someone who waits 365 days for Thanksgiving, all right? I truly, thoroughly enjoy Thanksgiving. I'm sorry for anyone who doesn't have as good a Thanksgiving as I do, but my family's Thanksgiving is popping, all right? Two pernils, one turkey, I make mac and cheese, there's a con gandules, there's potato salad, there's broccoli mm. salad, there's all this good-ass food. La dieta se fue. How dare you? Start playing Christmas music and start talking about oh Christmas this Christmas that on November first. <laughs> like and some, wait, some people started in October. Friday. Some people started in October. And that's ridiculous. TBA. I feel like Thanksgiving. You know, I don't know. I feel I like Thanksgiving and I I like to like wait for Christmas. Yeah, uh-huh. especially and, considering that as a teacher, it's the most stressful time of the year for me. Absolutely. <laughs> and and honestly, like, because I know a lot of people are anti-Thanksgiving, and I'm also anti-Thanksgiving in terms of what we say the holiday is dike for. Oh, mm. we're celebrating, like, pilgrims, natives. Like, fuck all that shit. Y'all came, y'all raped, y'all ate the motherfuckers' food and took over their land. Like, that's really what went on. But I am really an advocate for, like, reclaiming things. Um, and I think that there is a way in which we could either change the name of the day or, or just, you know, use that day as a date to create something new that is more in tune with family and getting together and sharing gratitude as opposed to having that historical background. It's not one that we're ever going to get to erase, though. Like, what happened happened in a negative way. And, um, you know, people, there's going to be people who feel positive about it. But for now, I feel like it is okay for families to say, well, fuck pilgrims and shit. I just want to eat. I want to get together with my family. I want to celebrate this family in this moment. I want to get dressed to stand in the kitchen in my socks. Literally, like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> always. Like, my mom would make me get into these fancy clothes every year just to sit in somebody's living room doing nothing and there's, eating. There's something, there's something special about that. And then when you grow older and you start just, you know, you eat and then you get drunk with your aunts and uncles and, like, they... Reminisce on times when you were a kid. Like I, Yo, I think that there's like right. something special about that. Thanksgiving always like, like forget about the history. Just like Thanksgiving in and of itself always felt way more um, religious than Christmas. Like Thanksgiving was like definitely get, getting around and giving thanks to what we have. And I feel like in our culture that's especially important because we're always so focused on what else we need or what what we don't have. And then, like, Christmas is just about like, getting gifts. Like, especially as a kid, I was just, like, worried about what I was getting. Mm-hmm. But th- Thanksgiving was always about, like, just, like, no, it's just about getting together with the family and having a bomb-ass meal. And that was mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, absolutely. So, fucking Thanksgiving. Oh, you <laughs> named all that stuff. You named all that stuff, and I'm sitting here, like, thinking about what I want to eat for dinner. Um, another tuta loca es, is to fucking trump the dump. Again, every week uh, he makes my fucking... Mouth like he makes it in my mouth. His name is always in my mouth. I hate um, <laughs> him and his scuba regulations. <laughs> this motherfucker. And mind you, I understand that this is not the only thing he did this week, but it is. I want to highlight it because I was supposed to be in Cuba technically this weekend, mm-hmm. right, for my mom's birthday. But everybody was like, nah, after the hurricane hit and stuff. I knew we should have gone. I'm I'm calling my family out right the fuck now. I told you so. Now the regulations are changed. Now we're going to have to say we're either going with a church or something. We're going to have to do the most just to get on the island. And I just really have such a deep desire to get to know Cuba on the ground and the culture, especially the black culture in Cuba. 
but you know, fucking Trump. Um, so I just want to shout out him. And then another thing that got me really tight, mind you, this all happened in one fucking Facebook sitting. <laughs> I see the get a, a, a forty ounce water bottle. It's like it's like it, it's like emulating like a forty ounce of beer. Yeah, yeah. But it's water. What the fuck is it with everybody trying to commodify hood culture and make mad money off of it? First of all, it's water. It's that water. shit is free in the tap. Okay, and now you're putting it in a 40 ounce bottle, and I don't know what the market price for that bottle of water is, but it's not going to be a dollar. It's 40 ounces, right? Yeah. So like, what? But but who is this for? Who is this company? And I didn't do my research before getting onto the podcast, but just yeah. just the branding of of that is yeah no, and it's, it was ob- like I saw the meme of it where it was just like these motherfuckers have gentrified water. Yeah, <laughs> there's no bounds. No, 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 it's ridiculous. I don't, you know, I don't get it. And this is one of many items. Then the other thing I saw was, uh, what is it? Moschino. Moschino. These motherfucker. Did you see the dry cleaning dress? No. So there is a dress. You know the dry cleaning thing that says uh, we We love love our our customers? Yeah. And then there's a plastic that goes over the clothes. So they made a dress of that. That looks like that. So it's literally like Like the the top top. half is the (laughs) we love our customers and the rest of it is a clear plastic. $730. Seven hundred thirty dollars. Machino. What the fuck is that shit? <laughs> have they have they fired anyone yet? No, because you know that these motherfuckers is, thinks that shit's genius. They're gonna sit at brunch first of all. But it's gonna be a brunch with one of those cute like big cowboy looking Beyonce hats, her two braids, her fucking we love our customer dress, drinking her forty ounce water. That's that's the world we live. That's twenty seventeen. Oh my god. That's twenty seventeen. Um, anyway, another thing, Sammy Sosa. He's been getting white for a very long time, and he's white, but he was uh, in a photo recently, and he looks like, now he looks like Casper. Like, now I'm concerned. I was always concerned, but now I'm just like, you. Doesn't he, like, does, doesn't he deny it, too? Or yeah. Deny it? Like, yeah. Like, he has, like, nothing happened? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he literally looks at you like, wait. It's like the emperor's uh, clothes or whatever that story is where it's like, oh, what do you mean? I'm not naked. I am wearing clothes. I'm wearing the finest threads, but it's because you don't have taste. You can't see it. This motherfucker is looking at you like, what do you mean my skin changed? Motherfucker, you you look like the white on in the clouds. Like he is literally like he was wearing pink, and the pink had more melanin uh, than the pink that I he was wearing. It's not, not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. He looks sickly. Yeah, he yeah. looks sick. And that's part of a really big Dominican problem that we have on the island, where people deny their blackness and people try to get whiter. Like that is a thing. People go to the beach, but then bougie people who don't want to get don't want to get a tan. But like that shit is just a problem. And I need Sam me to remember uh, from whence he came. <laughs> and I need him to go to DR and get the tan. But I feel like, you know, like if it was some sort of disease or something like that, then maybe I could understand that. But then say that, make that clear. But he seems like he's enjoying it. But I don't know that he's getting any white benefits because motherfucker still looks Dominican as shit. He don't look like a white man. He looks like someone who is sick. Who's sick yeah. So he's not passing. So Sammy, vamos a ver por ti. Son tipo que te pasa a ti. Está loco. I mean, like, yeah, good life anyway, right? Right. Like, like, <laughs> You're oh, fucking man. Sammy Sosa. You don't need to be white. Like, we need you to be black. Like, 
the island needs you to be Sammy Sosa and be black so that other people can also come up and be black. Same thing with little Kim. Like, she also, like, her white yeah. switch is just as drastic as his. Yeah. And, and it's it's a fucking problem, and I, and I worry. I mean, her entire face, though. Yeah. Like, She's, the skin color thing, it's like... The skin color, but also like the Barbie doll complex. Like a, yeah, yeah. There was this um, picture of her that they used for when she was doing like hip hop honors and they were honoring her. And they turned the exposure up so much that she literally is as white as like this like screen. Crazy. Like as white as a whiteboard. Like <laughs> there was no, and then the only way you knew it was her was because you saw little red lips and little black eyeballs. That's ridiculous. Like it was crazy. Yeah, guys, we gotta we gotta do something about our color problems. And that's why I always worry too. Like when people remind me, like, oh well, Azalea was lightening her skin. Even that shit scares me. You know what I mean? Like I I hope that she where the color where her skin is at right now is is of satisfaction. She still has her melanin. It's still beautiful. She's still there black. Was something that I read that she had posted about how she stopped doing that. And oh, good. Is now back to her natural skin tone. Good. Um. But yeah, she was looking yellow for a minute too. Yeah, but she like real yellow. She thank God stopped at a certain point. And it's true that and it's true that for some women, like they'll use those creams because there's dark spot. Like under your underarms will be darker mm. than your skin, or between your thighs will be darker than your regular skin. So you use it for those purposes. And I get that and I don't hate on that, but it does scare me to think that someone could get a little bit too bleach happy and then turn into Sammy Sosa and little Kim. So, you know, love your skin, guys. Um just love yourself. Period. Right. Like, we, you know, we live in a world that we like constantly praying on like every insecurity just love yourself absolutely absolutely um so our first topic for today um we'd be crazy not to mention the shooting that happened in texas um in the church it's our it's another church shooting um in the middle of a service and i'm just at this point i'm kind of like what the fuck with the gun laws i like I saw a meme where it was like, I think our solution is to ban guns from white people, from white men, um, until like we get a handle over this. And I'm completely for it because if you look at like these shootings, it's like they're all like these white men. Hey, wait, you don't gotta all these, yeah, all these just white say men. It. yeah, it's and a lot of white people. It's like white on white crime. <laughs> white on white crime. I'm calling it. White on white crime is happening a lot. And, you know, white on black crime or white on just any color crime is happening. And we have more domestic terrorists than we have that we've faced, you know, internationally. Absolutely. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do about that? Like, you know, I'm not white. So I wonder if there's maybe a perspective that I'm not seeing or something that I don't know. Maybe there's this like secret white vision that allows us to see, you know, allows them to see why, you know, it's the circumstances are different when it's a when it's a white person that it's mental health and it's not, you know, that just that they're ma- malicious or that they want to hurt people. But if it's someone of color, the word terrorist is immediately savage or like, even it's when, really crazy. It's really crazy. Like to even notice those standards. I don't know if you re- remember on my Snapchat, like this summer I went to DC and I literally witnessed an outright brawl in McDonald's, but because it was two white people fighting, there was no security like the McDonald's employees kept working as if nothing was going on. Like these, like people were hurling fries and and soda at this like preppy white boy, and like nothing happened. But if you would, if you, if, I'm sure if it was like Latino or, or black kids, mm-hmm. 
you know, there'll be a squad of 20 trying to break it up, you yeah. know, bringing them down. I'm like, do they not see that? <laughs> like, do you not notice that there's this difference here? Like, mental health isn't shooting up these churches and these schools and stuff like that. Like, And if it is mental health, then what we're seeing in this country is that there is a deep, visceral mental health issue around race and people of color. That's not to say that the Texas, because just to be fair, to be clear, the shooting wasn't um, the same as the other shooting where it was just a black church, a white guy going into a black church. The church was diverse. I was looking at the list of victims. You have white people. You have uh, people of Chicano descent. Like, it was a mixed crowd. Um, So I'm not sure if it was a religious attack or what. But the point is that it was an attack. And maybe it had nothing to do with who the group was. Was, but we're clearly li- living in hateful times, and we have laws that are arming people full of hate, um, and not arming them with regular like revolvers or like guns. Not that any gun is like better or worse, but yeah, like if I can shoot a certain amount of rounds without having to reload, that gives me the power to to eliminate way more people than if I had to like reload after eight rounds. It doesn't give people who are in the moment a real chance to take the person down. We are arming our angry people. Um, but we are allowing it to be okay or we're having a different conversation when it's a white person armed versus a person of color. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? I mean, I would say we could just look at the reactions between, uh, I, I haven't been too up on this last, the Texas shooting, but even between the Las Vegas shooting and the incident that happened on the West Side Highway, like way more people were injured and killed in Las Vegas than in the West Side Highway. But I believe they responded to the West Side Highway incident with like definitely that um, terrorist approach as opposed to the Las Vegas incident. They were going the mental health approach. And it was only because the Las Vegas incident was a white person and the West Side Highway incident was an a Islamic person, I, I believe. So it's kind of like, it, it, it's, it, it's a shame. And it's really a shame about um, just how... Uh, uh, brainwashed, we we kind of are, and how racist we uh, our main our media can be, like how we we have these um archetypes that if you everyone falls within a certain archetype, and then that's that. There isn't like different situations or different circumstances or whatever the case may be. But and even like okay, so like because you mentioned like how racist the media can be and stuff like that. In my head, I'm thinking like, well, whenever stuff like this happens, the way my the algorithm of my social media, whatever works, it happens that I get all these like comparisons of like, of like if it was a white person or a black person. Like I always get those types of articles after one of these things happens. There's has to be some way that these people in the media are seeing these comparisons. Like, are they straight up ignoring it? Um, is there a higher up that deems it like worthy of being called a terrorist or mental health? Like, who is making the decision for these headlines? And, you know, because the first thing that I remember, like, because the first thing I remember about the Vegas shooting was the first thing that I knew about him was that he was a nice man who, like, had money and a nice house and shit like that. Why do I know that about someone who shot, like, all these people in the middle of a concert? That's regardless. That's like, that has nothing to do with what just happened. And it's ridiculous. It's like, um, yeah, we we really need to... uh, uh, in my opinion, just come, it really comes down to like ratings. Like if you and it's ratings, it comes down to fear, fear mongering. Our media, it comes down. To, ah, I'm sorry. It just, I, it's a lie. It's, it's a, a lie. lie. And I get really worked <laughs> up. Like I, I swear, when I was a kid, we had uh, um, breaking news like once 
every few months. You know what I mean? It was rare you had breaking news. Right. And breaking news was like breaking, breaking news. news. Like, it was oh, like, like, wow, that's crazy. Stop what you're doing. Yeah. Like, pay yeah. attention. Now it's right. like breaking news. Trump tweeted some shit about whatever. And it's like, yo, like, I get it. Like, that's wild. But like, this is the new norm. Like, if right. you can't get with it, like, this is what it is. It's just, and it's a shame and it's unfortunate. And we need to get beyond this. But I think that um, everything right now is just about, like, creating a hype around nothing. Right. And it's just, we yeah, we need better junk. Right. Gun control. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I, I'll just say it again. I think we need to stop arming angry people. Yeah. Um, we need to make it less easy for someone to get the types of guns that folks have been getting to have these shootings. I, I see a meme that says all the time, um, a, you know, we lost hope when a bunch of kids got shot up in a school and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. I think, though, the minute that someone walks into, I don't know, like the Senate or the House of Representatives or something like that and shoots him down, that then something would change. Not that I encourage that. I would never wish to see a headline and like there that. Was, there was a- but I just it's just unfortunate to know if that was the case the gun loss would change overnight. And there was a meme that that was saying, like, on Capitol Hill, there are no guns allowed in the building, and every every elected person has Obamacare. So that tells you, like, exactly about what's going on up there. Like, they all have Obamacare, and there's no guns allowed in that building. (laughs) Yeah, that's... But they're fighting to protect the guns and fighting to take away the Obamacare. Oh, America. All right, and now for our next topic, we're going to talk about the difficult conversations when our sexual assaulters are also our heroes. Um, Fucking Kevin Spacey, man. Louis C.K. I'm going to bring it back to Bill Cosby because I'm still tight about Bill Cosby. Like, So are we like going to well, separate? I think the their- first taste of this we had was R. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. We have taste yeah. this well, and R. Kelly, talented, oh, I will, I will say. <laughs> like, you, you bring up, like, a really good point because that has been, like, a constant conversation, especially in the black community where it's, like, R. Kelly is supposed to be, like, this iconic musician. And time and time again, we hear stories of him taking advantage of young women from, you know, that infamous case all the way down to, like, the account that was... Um, written about, like, him having, like, girls in his mansion and, like, having to turn them away to the wall and not being seen by other men and stuff like that. Like, crazy shit. Like, crazy shit has come out about this man. And still, you know, he's able to write a number one hit and that still, we forgive when him. Still, ignition comes you on, know? everybody's getting... Yeah. Like, self-included. Like, you know what no. I mean? Like, guilty as hell of it. I'm guilty as hell. Like, yeah. I mean, ignition it, it's a good song. I like mean... an American classic. So how <laughs> is there is there any separation between the artists and their art, or is it the people are accountable for what they do and everything they do goes down with them? I don't. I. It's ugh. a really interesting thing. I'll I'll start with Bill Cosby because above all, like I think of all the accusations, that's the one that sort of stung me the most to hear, um, because you're talking about a man who, among all the awful things that have come to light that he's done, and you know, the first couple of people I was like, ah, oh, who's trying to bring Bill down, and now I'm like, oh, Bill, like you actually like you did that, you did that, um, but there's also a man who did so much for the black community, you know what I mean, and. 
does that take away from that? But I will even take it a step further and say, and I haven't done enough research on this, so listeners don't hold me accountable to this, and I might be wrong, but I've heard accounts where, like, Martin Luther King would cheat on his wife. Mm. Like, he was cheating on Coretta, and, like, people, like, just not respecting women. You know what I mean? In general. And, like, are we not going to celebrate Martin Luther King Day because he was cheating on Coretta? Well, you know? all right. I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier where, like, what was acceptable then versus what's acceptable now. But it's also, there's a difference between cheating and peeing on someone. There's a difference and between... And assault. And assault. And, you know, Absolutely. like, and sexual and, like, um, uh, statutory, statutory rape. Like, there's a difference between all this stuff, you know? And not to say, not to condone, or not to, like, say that what he was doing was okay, but... You know, it's just kind of... I just also kind of wonder, like, what is that mindset? And where do you even get off thinking that you... Um, like, where where does that mindset come in of, like, you thinking that touching someone or, or treating them a certain way is okay because of your power, because of your money? Like, when does that actually kick in and how, like... What? <laughs> like, I don't know. Because I have to be pretty freaking, like, intoxicated to even try and flirt with a guy. <laughs> like, let alone, you know. I feel like for some of us, it's hard to fathom because we've never had that level of privilege and power. So it's hard to imagine it. Like, oh, how do I get away with that? It's like that feeling you get, or at least I've gotten when I go to, like, a certain hotel or restaurant that's five star and the service is like excellent to the point where they like fold the napkin on your on your lap and I'm like whoa like this feels weird I don't know what to do with this because I'm not used to it but then you have the people in the restaurant who like you know kick themselves back because they know that that's what happens next you know what I mean yeah I think I think there's like there's we think about like oh how would we deal if we had that type of power but there's also the the the, the flip not flip side but like there's the other part of it where it's like people just treating you like that like if people just throw themselves at you how do you react to that it's not even about I mean there is there is power that comes with that but it's not even about like me manipulating someone into something but it's me like saying like someone's throwing not but like I hear what you're saying no I, I, if I may, like you're saying that there are moments like when you're in the spotlight and stuff where the way in which people engage you is a little different and you're not used to having people throw themselves at you well, all the time. You, it's, sorry, throwing them is the wrong way. Okay. It's not about throwing. It, it, it's saying like, all right, Skittles, you're like p powerful, you're famous and everything. You have people who work for you who want to be in your position. So they're going to do everything they can to stay in your good light. They're not going to deny you anything. They're not going to reject any requests. They're going to do everything they can to be like, yo, I'm Skittles person. You know what I mean? So it doesn't. <laughs> One day. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't take much power for you to say something where it's like to to make a request, and it could be a simple request, but it could make any request, and for someone to feel almost the the responsibility or the obligation to say yes, as opposed to like say like no, that's what beyond my moral scope or my moral comfort. Yeah. But, yes. Yes. I think that that makes sense, and I think that a lot of people who are coming in coming out with their stories now were in a position like that where they felt like they couldn't stop the person um, because it meant that they were going to jeopardize whatever position they were trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. And that's in any, that's not just, uh, you know, in Hollywood. It's also in any industry, in any corporate ladder you're trying to climb or not corporate ladder. Like there is a way in which people in power know how to take advantage of people who don't have power. Um, and the more power you get and the more ridiculous the things that can come to your lap become, like the possibilities are endless. You know, like with Harvey Weinstein, some of the stories um, that you hear, it's sort of like, it's very clear that the man ex 
it was almost like he expected you to know that he would expect something like that. Mm. And if you walked into a room with him and you didn't expect him to come onto you or you didn't expect that you might have to fuck him to get what you wanted, that you were the inexperienced rookie for not knowing that. And not that you were some just a normal human being who shouldn't have expected to be assaulted in order to get a job. That reminds me of seeing a couple of posts from um, directors and music theater people that I'm friends with on Facebook where it's like, they were kind of expressing this like um, distaste, distaste or disdain for people, for actors who were coming out with these sob stories about Harvey Weinstein when it was already known in the industry. So like this person had written a status of like, oh come on, like all of a sudden all these actors are coming out with these sob stories, but we've all known this for years. Like stop acting brand new. Kind of, kind of like stance towards it, and I was like. Wow, and you're a woman. Like, it was a woman who wrote this. Um, well, Donna Karen stood up for Harvey Weinstein originally. Like, she was really? saying, yeah, she, I mean, there, I think she retracted the statement, but she stood up for him originally. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people, I feel, like, in a moment like that, it's like, oh, the man with power, somebody's trying to take him down. I'm going to keep my mouth shut until I'm sure that the movement to take him down is valid because I don't want to be the one to say some shit about him and then people fall back on what they're saying and then he looks at me like, oh, yeah, so you weren't on my side? Boom. You know, you're, you're blacklisted. You're done. And that is really, really unfortunate. Um, and I think that that comes into play with power and with race, too. I, I, I brought this up in another episode with, like, Terry Crews, where he brought up a statement where he was like, yes, yeah, someone grabbed his dick, you know, and it was in the same tone of that, like, oh, you're a black man, you have a mandingo sort of thing, you know, and this is a man being grabbed by another man. And he's a straight man. He identifies as straight. He has his wife and his kids. That's how he identifies, and he had to deal with a moment of being violated by another man and had to back down. Because in the encounter, he said, like, I wanted to black on them, but he couldn't black out on them because then the story would, the headline would have been, you know, angry Terry Crews, a big, crazy black man attacking, you know, like, weak white man. But this white man in that room had more power than that black man who was physically stronger than him. So I think that even that dynamic speaks to, so imagine if Terry Crews, who looks like he could fuck anybody up, is in a position like that and he stays quiet. Imagine a woman who, you know, even if she looked like Terry Crews, let's say, like, and had the strength of Terry Crews, like, what do you think in a society where women are more likely to not be believed in a situation like that? Absolutely, and I think that's all the more reason why it's, it's, um, it's good that all these things are coming to light, because there has, like, the, the, the playing field has to be leveled one way or another, and this is the only way it's going to be going to happen, unfortunately, because apparently it's been going on for so long and no one's been saying not that no, and it's been known because like I've been hearing the same thing as you, where like I, I have friends in the industry and they're like, yeah, but everyone knew that about Harvey or you know, everyone knew that about Kevin, you know, it's just like all right, yeah, that's but like if everyone knew that, then why, why like you know, it's like everyone knows Chris Brown beats women, right, but right, like right, we're still playing right, his tracks, yeah, like still buying his forty-five. It's 45 track album. Yeah, yes. people are bumming that shit mad hard. I was actually in a car with my friends and they were like talking about all the tracks and they were like, oh, aren't we supposed to like go to his concert? And I and then I was like, yeah, I don't listen to Chris Brown. I actually low-key was never a Chris Brown fan even before he beat the shit out of Rihanna. But then he beat the shit out of Rihanna. And I was like, yeah, fuck this guy. His music's not that good anyway. But that goes back to Nick's question. Like, how, do you separate the artist from the art? You know, and I don't know that my dislike for Chris Brown has anything to do with him hitting Rihanna because, again, I wasn't a huge fan of his music before he beat her. But that definitely didn't help. 
Will and you still watch the Cosby show? Yo, I've watched it since the allegations. Like, I have. I bought a Bill Cosby album last week. It was a right. thrift shop. I didn't give him royalties, right. but I bought it. Like, you know what I mean? And so there, there's that, there is that thin line. Listen, first of all, I don't want to hear shit from some people. If you watch and you support Woody Allen, like, don't say shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's another person, statutory rape. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many people, and I feel like sometimes it's people pick and choose when they want to remember. Johnny Depp is another one who people glorify and has had issues in the past. Like, you know, but no one wants to have these conversations. And so it really, really does make me wonder what happens if, you know, and I'll keep it to sexual assault because I think Nick made a great point earlier where it's like when we're having these conversations, it's important to realize the difference between Martin Luther King's cheating on Coretta versus Martin Luther King sexually assaulting it's a woman. Still you know woman. what I mean? Still still a woman being disrespected or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? But yes, it is important to make sure that we are acknowledging the differences between what those are and, and validating what the victims would feel in those situations. So I want to like not retract what I said, but I sort of clarify that I'm aware of that. Um, but like, what if it came out that Obama was sexually assaulting someone in the White House? You know what I mean? Like, what if it came out that, you know, I don't know, who else is a hero? Are, like, are you trying to say, like, as late, You were saying Oprah earlier. What Oprah, if it was you know what I mean? Who's, an, who's a victim herself of assault, by the way? Yeah. Well, are you uh, saying, like, Obama, like, versus, like, the Monica Lewinsky situation? Because we already had a president sexually assault uh, White House right. staff. But unconsent, like, not, not consensual. Not consensual. Um, and not to, not to say that Monica might have not been in a situation where she felt like she had to say yes. But I'm saying, like, where it's completely not consented. Right. Like, how do, we ha- how do we remedy that? Because the, the answer is yes, you have to call Obama. And Obama has to face whatever fucking issue he has to face. Because fuck that motherfucker. He assaulted somebody, right? But Allegedly. like no, Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> no, no. Yes, sorry, Obama. I'm not saying you have. But, like, if that were the case... And not that I want that to be the case, but I saw, like, when Kevin Spacey happened, like, a lot of people were like, ooh, we really love Kevin Spacey. This is awkward. And then he came out of the closet in the same moment, which had people that be like, people were like, like you know what? Uh, yeah, that was, like, yeah, a that big, was the like, moment. That was a big moment where people were like, fuck out of here. Now you're trying to come out of the closet to cover this shit. Like, like no, yeah. I will say, though. Props to Netflix for dropping House of Cards, Hell and props yeah. to FX for dropping Louie, and props to all the the platforms that aren't supporting this behavior because right. that's those type of support that's needed with these types of action. And I hope, and I'm gonna say this just because I'm always a devil advocate, I hope that they dropped it because they really stand behind that, and not because they knew that if they didn't drop those motherfuckers, the way the energy of, of the, or the or the way the political climate is right now, had they not dropped it, people would have dropped them. Right. That's so true. did they drop it because they actually were like no, fuck you, Kevin Spacey, or did they drop it because they were like, oh, fuck you, Kevin Spacey, we're not going to lose money, mm-hmm. so we got to drop you. Sorry. Good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. As, <laughs> as Juan takes a very big gulp of his whiskey Coke. Um, yeah, so I just think it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I, for one, know, like, we're talking about celebrities, but one-on-one. You know, what if you have that cousin who has done something inappropriate or that uncle or just someone or or that aunt or that, you know, other woman in your life that you look up to who have assaulted people? Like, how do you have these difficult conversations when these things come to light? And I think that we are everything happens in stages. Like if we're going to go through the stages of grief, I wonder at what what stage or at what point are we going to say, okay, it's obvious that like. You know, right now we have however many number of people have been called out. What if everyone who we love and cherish eventually, like, what if even Tom Hanks, 
who is like the joke of like, well, Tom Hanks has been accused of being kind to someone. It's like there's these memes that come out there like, oh, another person has accused Tom Hanks of being incredibly nice or whatever. But what if somebody comes out against Tom, Tom Hanks tomorrow? Like, what is that going to do then to people? How are we going to remedy that? How are we going to have that conversation? And how, more importantly, are we going to acknowledge the context of the time that they were in? Not to forgive their actions, but to say that because that is the excuse that would be used in their defense, how do we make it so that that's no longer excuse moving forward? How are we going to set standards today so that tomorrow our sexual assaulter doesn't have that, oh, but that's how we used to do things. Everybody used to touch the girls before casting them. Everybody used to. How do we change that? That's the conversation I want to have. I mean, I think it's just about continuing to dialogue. I mean, we're only at the place where we are in now today because of the conversations we've had and the places that we've been able to reach because you've expressed how you feel under certain circumstances. You, you express how you felt, feel under certain circumstances. I express how I feel, and we find a common ground. But the, the, the more often that those conversations are either uh, considered taboo or the more often people don't feel comfortable having those conversations because of like that, uh, that um, divisiveness that happens through the media where like where everyone's polarized based on what you believe in or, or whatever the case where we don't we feel like we, there isn't a common ground for us to reach uh, I think then the the less likely we, we are to be able to find a um, a place beyond this I mean you're asking like where does the conversation go like all right so like we find out people uh, are sexual deviants of sorts and they're you know acting in ways that aren't responsible and they're not respectful to other people so then the conversation then I guess first we have to talk about like the victims and how can the victims heal like go through the process of healing and pro the process of recovery but then we have to we have we also have to talk about the people who are are committing these acts and how can they heal because there is something that is fundamentally like kind of um within them that's off and they need to go through a healing process as well. That's not, healing is not something that's like kind of glorified within our culture, you know what I mean? Healing is something that's very much like put in the corner and be like, all right, you, you take care of that, you do what you gotta do, come back and when you're ready. But like healing is, we'll, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a part of the process and I think like, that was a card that Chris Brown pulled after the whole thing. Oh, it's just me, like I'm fucked up, I need help. You know what I mean? I don't think Chris Brown gets any more passes though, like. No. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying like, that's something that he he said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the beginning. That he needed help and support in sort of growing past that. Um, but absolutely, like healing is important, and that's what I mean. Like people need to heal, but then we need to create a new platform and a new norm for our society so that this shit doesn't happen again. I think Charlemagne the God, um, he had this um, moment. He gave himself donkey of the day for, like you know, it taking him so long to really understand the difficulty that women have when they're being assaulted. And he mentioned, like he shouted out certain like music videos and things that are iconic for black men growing up where, yeah, you have that Dr. Dre music video where they pull down the girl's bikini top and that's like funny to them that they're like exposing a woman or just like hip hop culture in general does a lot to, you know, demean women. And like, that's not okay. You know, and, 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 and he, he had a nice little speech. And even I'm still sort of teetering over like, oh, Charlemagne, there's so many moments in which I just don't fuck with you. But I do appreciate that he says it because there are a lot of men who follow him. And so I think that one big step is for people who understand their following to start using their platforms to 
iron out that norm and say like, listen, I'm such, I'm Charlemagne the God. Like I'm on here, I crack jokes, and we have people on our shows. And he even said like in certain interviews, like I've said to things to women that's inappropriate, and like I now acknowledge that that was inappropriate, you know. And I hope that that sort of stance is enough for us to accept that sort of apology on his end, not that he assaulted someone like in some sort of crazy way, but that we accept him and have him on our side to continue the conversation. Because that's another thing that happens. People are like, oh, but you've said this before, so like, fuck you, and like you cut the person off. And I think that part of what I'm trying to get at is the difficult part of understanding that if we want to change the culture, that might include not, not having to forget, but to... And I don't even want to, I don't want to say forgive either, move but to, to move past certain things so that you can take that same person who was part of the problem and make them part of the solution with you, if that makes sense, because everybody, you know, not every case is the same. Not every case is the same at all. But it's a big conversation that's been happening, and it's an ongoing conversation. Next week, I, f I call it, at least two more people are going to get called down <laughs> from here to next week. Um, and, you know, even, like, with Louis C.K., like, his apology was half-ass. And, you know, but, like, it sounds like he's trying. So, like, will we have a conversation with Louis where we're really calling him out? And is he willing to then move forward and accept how his apology was half-ass and he has more work to do and do that work? D d like, will he do that work and will we accept him back? And in the meantime, does that mean we shouldn't watch Louis reruns? Like, what does that mean? Um, and that's just interesting. And I, I don't have the answer is really what it is. I just think it's an interesting thing to, to think about. Yeah. So, topic three. Topic three, keep calm and carry on. So, I actually wanted to um, bring up this topic because it was something that I myself have been kind of dealing with, and I think you too, to a certain extent, um, Julissa, not just because calling you out is best yeah, friend. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, call me out. I, I'm, I'm listening. Um, I just think, um, so the whole idea of like, how do you continue practicing your art as a young professional juggling real life and dreams? So, I bring this up because... Over the summer, I felt like I was super focused and I was like filming in bulk and I like filmed all these videos and I was like, I'm going to release a video every week until the end of the year. And like I have the content to do it. Um, but then like for some reason a block came and I just have not been able to edit videos. Um, and the, I re released my first video in a couple of months, like this past week. If you haven't checked it out for the D Challenge, it's featuring us, Ladies of Brunch, um, on my channel at Skittles Music TV. Shameless plug. But um, it's the first video that I've edited and put out since August. And it's the first time that I'm like kind of getting past this like writer's block, idea block, um, and kind of just being able to like sit down and focus and do something that is supposed to bring me so much joy and, um, you know, is, is what I'm known for, my YouTube channel. And it started coming up a lot with um, Oye Mi Canto and, like, you know, having come out with Lady Tubronche and doing the event with Oye Mi Canto. I was out at a bar the other day and somebody was like, oh, my God, like, they completely fangirled over me for Shit Spanish Girl Say, but then was like, oh, but, like, why don't you do anything more? Like, why aren't you still doing videos? And it's still that conversation of, I am doing videos. Not all videos go viral. <laughs> like... Um, and so, like, when people kind of downplay that type of thing of, like, well, why aren't you still doing it? Um, it kind of, like, makes me feel like it's downplaying everything that I feel like I am doing. You know, um, shooting 
two episodes for a TV show suddenly is completely diminished because it's not something that you see immediately. Um, or seeing people like the people on Better Like on BuzzFeed or seeing um, people like Jenny Lowe, who we were all at VidCon with, they're always constantly coming out with content. like, And they're always constantly producing stuff and they're always on my newsfeed. Um, and just kind of like feeling like I'm not doing as much as people who um, around me are doing and just kind of like... When is it time to put the blinders on and completely just hustle and focus on your craft? Um, when is it okay for you to kind of take a hiatus and focus on your professional and personal life? Um, even like with Lahuan, like Lahuan, I feel like was one of the first Latino guys that went viral after Shit Spanish Girl Say and was the one person that people were like, oh, well, you paved the way for him. Like, but now he's in like a Camila Cabello video playing an abuela, and I'm sitting here. He's doing a lot in a yeah. lot of Spanish. A lot of <laughs> he's Latino doing a lot of networks, stuff. Univision, Telemundo, like all of this, all these networks are loving him, and rightfully so. Um, and I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he completely oh deserves God. everything that he's had. I am so obsessed with yeah. Long James. One thing, though, that I even think, um, going back to that word accountability that Nick brought up when he was talking about playing positive music, as Latinos, Latinx, um, Afro-Latinos, Afro-Latinx, uh, we have this double struggle where it's like the way in which the platforms are created at this moment, they don't allow for a bunch of us to be together at one point. So, like... It's not like shit Spanish girls say and, um, you know, better like on BuzzFeed and Me Too and all this stuff. Like that, those platforms existing at the same time sort of creates a tension where there, there's like that's a lot. That's a lot of Latinx people and in one spot. And like so we create better like so they can put all the Latinx there in BuzzFeed, not not downing BuzzFeed in any way. But like they put all of them under better like. So it's like, OK, that's your umbrella there. Stay stay there. And then with with me too, like there's a mix of stuff, but even even the way in which content has to get created and everything has to be self-produced, it's like this crazy like hustle, you know. And that's not to say that there aren't like uh, bloggers that aren't uh, people of color who have to work hard to get their shit out, but it's different the way things get digested and how quickly someone will let's say get put on MTV to be on the red carpet for the VMAs versus you know just like still like struggling to get seen on like Despierta America because they're Latino. And then that, that oh, those are the avenues that people want to host them on and not the mainstream avenues that aren't exclusively for Latinos. Like, I think that until media stops trying to just make us speak to our people only, like, it's going to be difficult. Because even with Me Too, I have a hard time sometimes when they have certain, um, like, memes and stuff where I love it, but I'm like, oh, this is very Central American. Yeah. This is very Central American. Um, and it's all, I love having like La Julissa out, um, not because she has my name, <laughs> but because, you know, like she gets to create content that's like more, yeah, like she talks about Dominicans. And like to me, yeah. even growing up, and in my piece I did in Oye Mi Canto, I was talking about that, like growing up, the most Caribbean ex Latin Latinx exposure I got to see revolved around Puerto Ricans and had nothing to do with Dominicans, you know? And though we have very similar cultures, there are nuances on all of our cultures. So it's interesting, because even when I met La Julissa, like, I was super fucking excited and fangirling, but then I had this moment of like, wait, 
because she exists, does that mean I can't exist in this circle? Not just because, because not only does she have my name. But you guys look alike. We like. look like cousins. <laughs> <laughs> we look and like cousins. Her last name starts with a C. Like she's Julissa Calderon, your Contreras. So it's like there are there's very there's a lot of similarities. Between so it's like so does that mean that there can't be two of us? Even though we're doing two different things. Like I'm a playwright and now I'm a podcaster. I'm not a like YouTuber or anything like that. Like that's all Juan. I give that all to Juan. You know what I mean? But like those things. So in I say all that to say that in my personal hustle of like, all right, Julissa, what you gonna do next? What you gonna do next? I see people like Julissa and like Kat, even who we love. Like we love all these people and we're fans of all these people. And yeah. we share all these people's content and like laugh at it because it matters to us that it's there. But there is that fear of like now that they're there, does that mean I am too late? So when you feel like it's too late, you're less inclined to edit that video. You're less inclined mm-hmm. to write that thing. You're very much less inclined. And so I feel like for me, that's part of my struggle. Is like, I'm like, fuck, I'm late to the Dominican game. Mm-hmm. Like, there's already all these Dominicans. And now, if I make it somewhere, people are going to say, oh, that person paved the way for her. Meanwhile, we've all started fighting for the same amount of time. I've been a playwright and creating my own content since I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? That's now, oh, how many years? I don't want to count. Oh, but, <laughs> you know, that's that's years under my belt that I have doing what I do. Um, so it's just interesting how that that that's the position we're in. Not only are we content creators, not only are we young and millennials and living in a time where we have to work twice as hard so that we can pay rent and just like have livable situations, we're Latinx in those positions. And so there's less slots available for all of us to be that popular and rise that high. And it's crazy because like it's I like I do talk to subscribers and I do like have my little following and stuff like that, but it's always that kind of like in the back of your head like I have to do this, but like, there's just something stopping it, like, or like, getting past that block. Um, so I guess my question, in all of this, is like, what are some things that you guys do to get past that block and just kind of like straight up and do it? Like one thing. All right. So one thing that worked for me was when I was texting you, and you were like, "Dude, where's this video?" And you were just like, "Remember, this is your first job. That's not your first job." And you were talking. You were talking about teaching, and so that kind of like lit a switch in my head and I was like oh she's right let me get my ass on this fucking (laughs) on this video or whatever and that's kind of what eventually pushed it out of me but there's tons I mean Nick knows he was filming with me all summer I have a shit ton of videos what am I gonna do to I don't know get my hustle back yeah I mean just what you were talking about Julissa I think that it's just um for, for one, for myself, I constantly remind myself, like, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Like, without my grandparents, without, like, everyone who came before me in my family, let alone, like, the rest of civilization, I wouldn't be anywhere. You know what I mean? I, I'd still be stuck in a cave trying to light a damn fire. <laughs> like, 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 so, if you want to talk about, like, people who paved the way before us, like, it, it goes way beyond just our uh, contemporaries. You know what I mean? And I think as when it, when we talk about our contemporaries and we talk about like where we're at right now and what we have to offer, we're, is we're all individuals and we all have our individual experience and we all have our individual perspective to offer and to to give to 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 everyone around us, which sometimes is is, is the uh, the. Um, breaking point for some people like that sometimes that's all someone needs just to like get on with their day is someone else's perspective to say like oh yeah it's not so bad or like maybe like there's a lot there's a lot more like to, to look forward towards that, as opposed to like what I'm just thinking about right now 
because it's it's easy like living in the city like you gotta hustle to to live here. You gotta Absolutely. hustle to survive here. Like there, this the city is designed to be enjoyed by few and supported and serviced by many. And it's like we fall. Uh, many people fall within that many, <laughs> and it's just like it 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 takes a lot to live here. And it, there's a lot of things constantly stripping away our humanity, stripping away what it means to be like just. Uh, living and right. we have to take that time for ourselves as an artist my mind is like i have to live first in order to be an artist because if i'm not living then what what can i offer as an artist me as an artist i'm a reflection society around me and i'm supposed to be like a window for my my emotions and if i'm not living experiencing those things then i have nothing to offer as an artist right. uh, that that's what that's what I think. I, I think that's super important. It's like I was telling Juan today, like I had to buy equipment for this podcast today, y'all, because this is all self-fucking-put-together. <laughs> I don't got no fucking hookups of nothing, right? So this Cell equipment, phone. it's like, and I'm not even done. Like this is not even all of the equipment, $500, right? So $500, so am I going to be able to take my trip to Amsterdam in February for my birthday? Probably not, because I just dropped $500 on this equipment, and I don't have money like that, right? So I think about that, and I think about how like that's important. And like for me, that was a really difficult decision because of what Nick's saying. I want to go out to Amsterdam and Paris, not just because I want to, like oh, turn up for my birthday, but because I said to myself, I was like, wow, so many years, I'm turning 27, and like every year is the same shit. What bar are we going to go to? Maybe we're going to go out to eat, or maybe the eating is just intimate with friends, and then we'll meet a bunch of people out of, like, the same routine. And the older I get, the less special my birthday has felt. Um, and I start, I want to take, take ownership of my time. I wanted to reclaim my time. And I was, and I said, all right, so then maybe it's a trip. Maybe I'm going out to see the world so I can learn something new, so I can experience something new and feel something different. Because I feel, um, to answer your question, that a lot of what's blocking me from creating what I want to create, you know, is that I'm not feeling anything anymore. Like, I'm not feeling inspired. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling a lot of other things that are not creating things. And every time I try to create something, it's a reflection of what I'm not feeling. And so it's a lot of, like, emo, like, depressing content that is actually not serving to an audience. It's just self-serving to try to be therapeutic in a way. But it's not really anything that's worth putting out out. Or rather, I know that I can be putting out things of better quality if I was out exploring the world and feeling shit and learning new things and fueling myself. So it was a difficult decision to make, but the hope was you invest in something like this equipment, you know, you maybe get a following, you get people who love what you do, and maybe you keep moving up that way so that Amsterdam and Paris are a regular thing for you and, and like can be something that I can do at any other point in my life. And so that was that decision. But I almost didn't buy the equipment. And I was like, well, maybe then the podcast can pause until after Christmas. I'm dead serious. I considered not shooting an episode until after Christmas being like, oh, well, there's going to be a bunch of like scheduling conflicts because it's the holiday season. Fuck the holiday season. This is a podcast. Like you have to create the content. And so here we are today. So I say to you, Juan, like for me, the answer is understanding what like really taking a moment to meditate and meditating is not oh don't think of anything the meditating is try for a moment to just relax and notice everything that passes your mind that's meditation is making notes of the things that naturally come up for you unprovoked in a moment of peace um and so 
acknowledging those things and saying, all right, well, how can I unclog some of these things so that I can create my art tomorrow are really important. But I think even more important than that is not rushing yourself and rushing the process. If you are really going through something, um, allow yourself the time to heal. Um, and, and maybe you are creating art that's not to be put out. Like, don't not write a video or, or a song or whatever because you know, it's not gonna go anywhere. Write it because that's how you express yourself. So speak to yourself, have an artistic conversation with yourself so that later when you do have that spark or someone does say, hey, you wanna do this project or this thing, when, you, when you're writing something, you've already filtered out some of that gook that was blocking you up so that the project that you're doing is really about the project and not about the gook that you had to get out of the way first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is hard out here guys and what about Nick for your I'm not see I wish I was a DJ or a musician in some sort of way and I'm not what is your process like overall like I've always been interested like as a DJ like what is the DJ process I mean it's funny because so like starting Labor Day last year I made a commitment to myself where I was going to take my practice seriously and I really um I was like, all right, well, every time I reach out to a venue, they're like, oh, let me hear a mix. So I was like, I started recording two mixes a week. I did that all the way up until the beginning of the summer. And in the beginning of the summer, I started to go like, you know, some things happened. I got to start getting tripped up. And then I wasn't doing two a week, but like I would do like four, like one week at the end of the month. <laughs> and like it would, it would get clogged up. Um, and then like since October, I haven't I haven't been keeping up with that, and that's been something within myself. Where I'm like, I really want to get back onto that. I I I've kind of um I stopped doing it. I I feel good about what I've done, what I was able to accomplish over the past year because like I committed to that and I did it. But it's something where I don't want to just like let it go, let go of it. Like I like all that for what? So right now I'm really just trying to take the time um and uh, just like regroup and really just like kind of focus about what's the message that I want to put out there. To get to your question, like, what's my process? Because you you had just mentioned something previously about your art and about how saying like when you create art in from a from, from kind of like a dark place, it's, it's more self-serving. It's more like emo. It's not necessarily something that's uh, meant to be out out, but it's something that's just like I just need to get this out of my system so I can like move on. And that was almost what like, that was for me. The process is like I um. I'll either go like thrift shopping, I'll like collect a lot of vinyl, or like I'll just like listen to a lot of music. And I'll just take notes of what I want, like what I like, and um, I really think about uh, the 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 vibe of the mix I want to put out. Do I want to put, put out party mix? Do I want to put out a mix that's like chill and then like start with find the right tempo and then like just go from there. And it's um, I really just listen to the music and listen to the vibe and just. What, I'm, I'm, most of the time, if you're in the if you're in the room with me, I'm dancing. <laughs> like, I'm just like kind of like acting a fool. Like, yeah, I'm, I need to get a webcam in there or something. <laughs> it's gonna come soon. Don't worry. But yeah, it's always I try to make sure it's like a good vibe. Um, but it's not always a good vibe. It's, believe me, I'm I'm human, and like there's a lot of times where like I'm it'll take me like four hours to record a 20 minute mix, and it's like why is this taking so long? Like this should have happened a while ago. So no, absolutely. I think that. But the fact that you're even like vibing with it and putting a piece of you in it is important because I believe all whack art comes from a place of like lack of soul, 
whatever that soul means. The same way I feel the same way about head. If you don't have soul in the head you're giving, then why are you giving head? Because the person receiving it is going to feel the difference. Absolutely. I feel that way about art. If I'm not really putting myself in this art, you're going to tell, and it's going to be whack, and it's not going to be the best version of myself as an artist. Um, so definitely. Men, you you got to want to be there. You can't just like yeah, be, be doing right. it for them. You got to be like, mm, you got to know what you. you're doing. You got to like. Thank you. You know what, Nick? I'm going to say this out loud. I think you're the first straight male we've had on the show. He is. You are the first straight male we've had on the show. <laughs> I think so. Um, so, yeah. So, men. And I say that. I say that to say because I say that all the time. Gentlemen, you got to be down there. You got to be willing and ready. Um, and sometimes you're not. And if you're giving me little cat licks like you drinking milk out of bowl, then I'm going to feel that. So, fuck out of here with that. <laughs> I'm just saying. So... On that note, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, um, it's good to be back, um, and we hope to be back next week with you guys. While you are um, done listening to us, you can go on over to Skittles Music TV and watch the music video for our For the D challenge that we recorded on the first episode. It is a, quite a funny and explicit video. But and I don't care if the challenge is dead already. Go and watch <laughs> it and support us because it's Mia Juan. And if you love Mia Juan, then you're going to go watch it just to watch it. Exactly. And you're going to die laughing. So <laughs> watch it. Um, and Nick, where can we find you? Uh, you could find find me mostly on Instagram at NYC is my city. It's just spelled just like that. NYC is my city. Or if you really want, you can find me on Facebook at New York Nick. Um, not to be confused with the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. This is a New York Nick. And yes. is that yes. N I C K or K N I? It's a K N I C K because. We're still from New York, baby. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Nickelbacker all day. And I just also want to shout out uh, Sharif Keys and The Groove, who will be at the WeWork Creator Awards this Thursday. It is a free event. You can RSVP. You don't have to be a WeWork member. And Sharif is going to be performing amongst other folks. But Sharif is the truth, y'all. Like, I can't wait to going? get him. Sharif, I'm going. I RSVP'd. Oh, yeah. So RSVP, um, Sharif is really the truth. And one day, I'm going to catch Sharif's ass going to be on the show um, and he's doing amazing things go support him and also like it's going to be a great presentation of a bunch of new companies and creators who are doing innovative things within their industry so definitely they're even going to have a job fair so if you don't got a job you might want to you know go ahead sign up do a little job hunting then there's going to be a DJ set there's going to be open bar and shit like that so it's the best job fair that you'll attend with performers like Sharif so definitely go out you can follow me at Julisa J-E-W-L-E-E S-A-H and follow all of us at Ladies Who Bronche on every platform except for Twitter where we're at at Ladies Bronche because it was too long but follow us there we will catch you next week but until then guys Bronche <laughs>